<laughs> so well. Now it's ripped the left field. That ball is going to be over the head of Anderson. One hop up against the wall. Sanchez will be at second with a double. His first extra base hit in the big leagues. And welcome to the Extra Base Podcast. Um, I'm Jeevo. I'm solo tonight. Um, I think Roger's looking after a sick wife and I think Tim's at the baseball. But um, yeah, look, night three, three in a row. So it's um, yeah, it's been quite fun, actually. Everyone's asking me if it's going to be a five, seven nights a week. I'm like, yeah, no. But um, look, tonight uh, we have Luke Wilson from Rotational Power Performance, um, talking all about all the good things that he does out there. So um, we'll just bring him in. Hey, Luke, how you going? Good, mate. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. So, um, Luke, I guess to start, you know, what is Rotational Power Performance? So it started as an expansion of the physio clinic that I work at over in Sutherland, Pontifex Physiotherapy with Nick Pontifex. And we see a, a big baseball population, especially the, the Cronulla-based guys and a lot, you know, some from MacArthur and from uh, Canterbury as well being close by. And we, we just got sick of seeing guys who were hurt all the time from poorly designed throwing programs or training programs or just lack of anything at all. And throwing a baseball and swinging a baseball bat is freaking hard physically and uh, you've, you've got to be prepared for it and there's a there's an ideal way to do it, to A, be successful, but to also be stay healthy. And so, yeah, we, we were seeing all these people and we were having to modify training programs and whatnot and, and we decided, you know what, we can – we can do this, uh, we need to do this and we need to provide the kids coming up and through and even the ones that are already at higher levels, college and, and even some pro guys have been involved with us, um, provide them with a better service, combining our physiotherapy skills on the rehab side of it to as well as enhancing performance. And so, yeah, that's where RP Performance was born and... Um, Plowing ahead again for another year so soon. Going to announce uh, in the next few days, hopefully, maybe next week, um, roster of programs for this coming uh, first term at least. And we're going to have we're making some tweaks to things, but previously we've offered throwing, hitting, lifting weights, and sprinting, all the key elements of baseball performance. But got some some big plans in place for for this year to try and combine things a little bit more, uh, be a bit more efficient and improve everyone a bit further overall, a bit more focus on rotational athleticism rather than individual elements of things. And you've got a baseball background? Yeah. Uh, I played for 20-something-odd years, played all my junior ball down in, in Cronulla and then played grade for Cronulla for 
five years or so. Um, mostly, mostly second, third grade. Got the odd first grade game and at bat and everything like that. And yeah, just I, I just wish the the knowledge of people like Nick and uh, and programs like this existed when I played because I was. I was no threat of making a career out of baseball. I wasn't going to take Derek Jeter's job at the Yankees or anything like that, but I was good in school and I, I would have got a free education. I'm, I'm certain I was a good enough player that they could have found a school that was keen on my grades and then I would have got to go and have that experience instead of the big hex debt that I owe the Australian government now. <laughs> So, I guess one. I guess my first question, obviously, you know, when I when I saw your page, I'm like, what is this all about? Like, where, you know, obviously, you know, it's come from, you know, seeing there's a need and seeing there's a there's a market there for it. But you know, when I sort of look at it, I'm like, okay. So I start going into it. I start looking at you know your medicine ball stuff, and you know, can you just sort of explain a couple of the different programs that that you've got? Yeah, so looking looking at it from the injury side of it and trying to take players back from injury into performance, everything that acts everything that happens in on the sporting field and in life is force. Even as you and I sit here now, um, gravity is pushing down on us, and you know we're wanting to slump forward into a rubber posture and, and that kind of thing, and so. We've got to be prepared for what is going to happen to the body. On the baseball field, that's rotational. So you medicine balls and weighted baseballs and everything come in handy because you can't really twist a squat rack or a bench press or something like that. So um, you've got to have you've got to have that brute force capability. So the standard traditional lifts of squatting, deadlifting, bench press, chin-ups, whatever, they're all super important to make you generally strong. But in my experience as a physio in the NRL, the, the big difference is who can take it out onto the field. Because I saw plenty, I worked with plenty of players who were good in the gym, poor by NRL standards, but good by regular standards. But they were the strongest person on the football field because they could take hundred percent of what they had in the gym out onto the field compared to, I saw plenty of guys who were monsters in the gym, but not as good on the football field. They just couldn't convert it. And that's where the, the weighted ball training, the medicine ball training um, over and under weighted bats and everything like that. That's where that becomes key is okay. The skill of using your force or your strength or whatever the case is. And that's why we see, players of all different body shapes in baseball be successful you see the skinny rape kid that can throw 95 or can hit it a ton despite the fact that he's 40 kilos dripping wet because he's his skill of taking the strength that he does have is better than um the bigger guy from there and i see you know the kids i'm working with now I'd be quite confident that I'm stronger in the gym than most of them, but they can throw harder than I can because they're better yeah. at that part of it. So now if I can take my knowledge of the off field and add that to what some of them already have on the field or improve what they have on the field, 
then their performance is going to be better. If they're a pitcher, they're going to throw harder. Their bat speed is going to go up. They're going to run faster between the bases. All of those five tools are enhanced, and that gives them a better chance of getting where they want to go. Yeah. So, you know, you, you speak about, you know, running, um, you know, which is a more explosive thing <coughs> in baseball rather than sort of, you know, your long distance and, and things like that. So, you know, and I, I saw a couple of videos where you've got, like, they're doing the, the 60-yard dash and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, is that something that you sort of encourage or is that something that – or is that part of the program that you do? Uh, it's both, but it's a it's a key part. If you are explosive – if you're an explosive runner, you have the potential to be an explosive thrower or hitter. Um mm-hmm. You know, one of the one of the guys we've worked a lot with over the last four years, James Napier, has just headed off to college recently, and you know we started with running program with James, and he was already pretty quick. He was in the low seven seconds for sixty yards, but by the time we finished eight weeks of training, he was about six point four seconds, and that's that's half a second faster than the big league average. Um, so now he's a he's an absolute flyer, and on that eighty twenty five tool scale, he's right at the top for that tool. But yeah. James wasn't great at converting that that potential into throwing. Yeah, and from from everything I'm told between him and and others around baseball, that was why he hadn't been hadn't made an offer with colleges and whatnot was because. Yeah, he was the fastest center fielder out there, but his arm was too far below to um, to tr- for his speed to balance him out. But yeah. you know, we did it, so we we changed our focus in training for him of less time running, more time rotating, because we knew that okay, if he can run six point two seconds, he's down to now. Yeah, then he, it's in him. You you just you just can't run that fast if you don't have the nervous system and the, the power to throw the ball in the high eighties or nineties. So yeah. we knew it's there and um, you know, we managed to help him lift it up high enough that he got a ride and now away he goes. Now there's definitely still work to be done, but that's that's kind of the key difference for our programs compared to others is is that that really detailed coaching element and that comes from understanding injury when when a player is injured and you have to step by step back to it you know where they need to be and you know where they are and you've got to fill in the gaps and from there you can figure out well, why did the injury happen in the first place um and that might give you a clue into, okay, well, this is what the program's got to be to get him back to playing, but then keep him healthy as well. And so now if you're not injured, we can front foot this and say, well, here are all the possible ways that you can injure a shoulder, an elbow, a hamstring, a knee on a baseball field. Yeah. If we if we train all of those and we we monitor and manage all our doses of everything in and around all the playing that you've got to do, then your risk of injury goes way, way down. It's, it's known that injuries happen in with spikes in the high intensity work. So Mm -hmm. if you, 
um, from a running point of view, like baseball, baseball can be really sedentary. I still remember playing a game for Cronulla down at Tonkin Oval. We were on the third base dugout. Yeah. I, um, <clears throat> I walked, I was fielding on at third. So walked out to my position, didn't get a ball hit at me all day, walked back to the bench, walked up to the, on, to the plate, got struck out four times, walked back to the bench. <laughs> so like, and then we got rained out the next week and then we played. So yeah. I didn't sprint. I didn't sprint or even barely jog for almost three weeks. Yeah. So if in that first game back, I hit a triple first up and then a double and then another, like all of a sudden the amount of sprinting goes way, way up, I'm yeah. going to break because my body wasn't ready for that intensity. And it's the same with throwing. If, and this is where, you know, we're moving into that time of year again with tournaments and everything for the kids. And so one of the things we really want with um, with the kids is that everybody knows how to pitch in yeah. some way, shape or form mechanically. Um, and I believe if all of them threw a little bit throughout the season, then come tournament time, if your best guy happens to have a shocker on day one or gets sick or something happens and now all of a sudden you're not going, oh, well, you just get, you throw pretty hard so you go in, you haven't pitched all year. Yeah. That's, that's where kids get hurt. And so if we teach them all how to do it well and we dose them regularly, the risk of, everyone, of people getting hurt goes way down, but the performance also goes way up. Yeah. And I, I think... You know, like you hit sort of really important point there too is that, you know, and you're right, like everyone pitching and everyone having a couple of innings here and there sets you up, like especially like finals time. Like I know like state league, you know, we'd always have three or four pitches, but, you know, that we'd throw them one or two innings every week so they, they were conditioned mm -hmm. rather than, you know, throwing someone out, you know, in a grand final that hasn't pitched all year. And you know they blow their arm out or something yep. like that, you know. And it's it's the same as same as hitting. Like you mm -hmm. know, if you just want to sort of talk through that hitting regime that you sort of do. Yeah. So very similar concepts. Most of the mechanical aspects of hitting are very similar to to throwing in terms of rotating from the ground up, separating the hips and shoulders, and then the hands coming through last locking hard with the front leg so that it's rotational rather than linear. <clears throat> um, but again, it, one thing I don't think that's well enough managed in terms of the physicality of hitting is how many swings the kids take Yeah, or, or not even kids, just all players. Um, and I mean, I, I was guilty of it when I played as well. You get in the cage and you just swing, you just hit. You know, yeah. and if you're hitting rubbish, you just keep going and going and going until you get it right. But that's physically hard to do. That many max effort rotations is hard on your body if you're not ready for it. And that's where injuries happen. We, you know, we've seen kids um, in the clinic who playing along, doing fine, have a couple of bad, bad games, extra at-bats in the cage. What did you do this for? Oh, I took 300 swings yesterday. Well, yeah. no, wonder, no wonder your back is sore because you're not strong enough to cope with that and your 
not efficient yet enough with your rotational skills to to do it well so yeah um so yeah everything everything in the program starts with how are they rotating not just are they um i think baseball baseball such an outcomes based game and we were talking off off air about um back in the day kind of stuff and but that's that's sort of where it was was Hey, hey, Luke. Hey, Jeva. Here's a ball. Throw it over there as hard as you can, and yeah. we'll see what happens. And you do it, and the guy gets out, and you go, oh, "Okay, well, he must oh, have done well. it right." <laughs> so, you, so you just keep going because you got the outcome that you were desired, um, rather than throw it over there like this. And some people figure it out naturally, and good on them. Congratulations. But it it can be taught. Now, the ceiling is different, um, but the body is designed to move in certain ways. And guys like LeBron James and um, you know, Usain Bolt and whatever, cool, they figured it out. But we can teach you to do it like them. It just means that if you both train the, train the same, they'll still end up higher than you because they've got better genetics. Yeah, and And baseball to me is very much that so that's the that's the crux of all of our programs is not how did you rotate or not sorry how much did you rotate and what outcome did you get but how did you get there and i i guess like you know if somebody comes to you like you know let's say you know i come to you and go hey listen luke you know what can you do for me yeah is there do we go through like an assessment or yeah how does that sort of Yep. So we um, we assess you biomechanically first. How are you moving? Just some some basic key movements: um, squatting, jumping, hopping, landing. Have a look at the motion of your thoracic spine and and your shoulders, and see are there any obvious restrictions there that that need um, need to be addressed. So where do you, where first, do you can... the first part you need to address is ability. Yes. <laughs> well, that, that that could be a tough conversation with your parents, mate. But, um, but yeah, so we go through, figure all that out. Yeah, we, we know in terms of how, we know how well great players can move. Yeah. Um, we know how far they can turn their shoulders and things like that. So we can have a look at that and see where you're at. Uh, and go from there and then we we get into the, the performance side of it so if we're thinking about running we would run a 10 meter a 60 yard dash and a home to first um, if it's hitting we'd face we'd hit some balls off the tee off flips and off a machine with the rapsodo uh, and the blast motion sensor on the bat so we can see what sort of angles are you launching the ball at how fast are you swinging the bat does the bat speed change um, depending on the type of swing that you're doing? Because it's known now that to hit a home run in the big leagues, you have to swing the bat at least 70 miles an hour. There's zero home runs hit that are slower than that. So you might be able to swing the bat at 72 off the tee, but as soon as you go to flips and you've got to decide, then it drops to 50. Okay, well, that's a problem because then if it gets to 95 miles an hour, 
you're not going to be able to catch up. So, uh, and then if it's pitching that we're looking at, again, we'd use the Rapsodo data uh, and slow motion video on everything to have a look at how are you throwing and then get some baseline velocity and spin data as well from there. Um, So is that coming coming from the parents more so than the kids or is it the kids saying, hey, listen, I want to go and do Luke's program or how does that kind of... I'd, I'd say it's probably I'd say it's probably bits of both it's probably yeah. a lot of lot of a lot of it's probably parent driven you know yeah. we I'm into an age bracket now where a number of people within the Cronulla Association certainly are people I played with yeah. so it's their kids and so you know we're we're known to them in that sense so yeah, that's probably more driven by parents but then yeah. I think there's other other ones where kid, kids talk and, and especially when, when if you're a kid that wasn't necessarily top dog and you come back after the winter and you're throwing a million miles an hour or you're heaps faster or you're hitting bombs, people wonder, what the hell did that guy do? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd say it's probably a mix of things. But, you know, with kids under 18, the parents are paying for things. So the parents have always got a level of involvement from there. So, yeah. And so, okay, basically we've just had AYCs, you know, so you know, having like these the prep for tournaments and things like that, do you sort of advise sort of how much throwing they should be doing or do you know, do you look at how much hitting they should? I know it's, it's different because obviously they're capable of influencing what's going on there but like is there is is too much not enough or is not enough too much or um if if we're in contact with the families uh and again unfortunately often that is injury related yep then yeah we i do i do try and dictate it a lot more and you know thankfully we have a strong enough uh, reputation and relationship within baseball New South Wales that that's usually fine, you know, when, when they're doing the HP programs and things like that. Um, I shoot an email to Casso and yeah, that's fine, not a problem. Um, but, yeah, that, I mean, that's always the, the balancing act in, in sport is they've got to play and yeah. co- coaches – coach for a reason um so yeah look i think there's that's still probably something that i think can be improved within at least new south wales probably within australia as well maybe even within the us and and outwards but um yeah if we you know if the opportunity was there to kind of plan it out of, right, six weeks until AYCs, um, you're going to pitch, you're going to this, you you can pitch but probably won't unless things go wrong, but yep. let's make sure that you are throwing a, throwing a bullpen once a week um, and go from there. But it, it is an area that I think baseball can still improve is, is the – the detail in planning and periodization of skill. Yeah. Um, 
one one of the things I learned from my wife in her PhD area is that um, <clears throat> a, a structure of training where there's there's limits on things. So if you're fielding it short, and I tell you, right, Jiva, you've you got ten ground balls, and that's it. And yep. you know, I'm I'm going to hit them anywhere. They might be straight out, you might be slow, might be up the middle, whatever. But we've got ten. And you make nine, and then you boot the tenth one. Instinctively, no, need one more, one more. Like, got to, got yeah. to finish on. But the the data, the science shows us that you actually learn better if we don't give you another one. Yeah. Because if you know you've got unlimited, you just switch off that little bit. Whereas if we if we cap you that, no, you've got ten, and then you're out. You, you might still make the error, but you're just that little bit more focused on it because you know you don't get another chance. Yeah. And, and the, same, the same in hitting. Um, you limiting the amount of swings in the cage or whatever the case is um, so that you focus in a bit more gives better outcomes from there. So I think that's probably something that could still be be elevated and then yeah. if we're combining the physical aspects of that as well so um being being a student athlete high school college whatever i think is harder than being a professional athlete yeah because you you have to train probably equally as hard just about and go to school yeah. and potentially go to work as well so <clears throat> trying to something has to give somewhere and at this time of year um now as ayc's have been on and seasons will restart and everything so baseball games are going up yeah so we've got to bring time in the gym down um it might still stay a little bit higher because there's no school just yet mm -hmm. but it, but it's got to come down from where it might have been a few weeks ago because baseball has to be the priority yeah and but that's where you, we, we do try and advise, I do try and advise parents especially to look for opportunity. So, oh, okay, well, the last game before Christmas was the 15th of December or whatever, and I don't have, I'm not playing AYC, so I don't play again until the 3rd of February. Yeah. Cool. Let's get in the gym four times a week right now because you've got no school and you've got no baseball. So if you really want to, you can just come home and lay on the couch every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's pump that right up, and then when baseball goes up, we'll bring that down, and away we go. But then you'll be physically prepared for baseball going up. Um, but we can't; they can't do everything flat out. And yeah, we do do try and advise that when the opportunity exists. Yeah, like you've got obviously you no know, state champs start, um, you know, Easter. So, yeah. You know, only around the corner, really. So, you know, I know that people are starting to prepare for state champs and things like that, you know, trials and things. And obviously kids want to, you know, want to perform or want to be on those on those teams. Mm. You know, is that is that something that sort of people can, can come to you and say, hey, listen, Luke, you know, state champs are coming up. You know, we're struggling A, B and C. Can you help us out or? Yeah, that's the plan. So, yeah. um, as I said, sort of been over Christmas break and everything, um, just been working on a few tweaks to uh, the structure and I think now I'm going to be able to better service 
all of that need uh with with that in mind as yeah school's going back state champs are coming up hopefully nationals after that so yeah let's let's get in shape for that and then that builds into the winter and then depending on the person yeah it's it's potentially okay well now yeah I'm, i'm going to america for showcases and stuff like that so what's our next block of planning or no, I'm not doing anything of, okay, well, we need to really train hard now over the winter, you know, still kids are plenty of kids still play soccer and do other things, which is great. Um, but yeah, figuring out those balances there. So yeah, that's, that's definitely the, the plan state champs as a target, um, to be, to have things available for, for the athletes. And sort of with that, you know, how does that sort of work? So, you know, you've got your state champs, you know, you, the, the kids. Are, now, is that all face-to-face or is it, are you looking at an online component also or is it? Yeah, uh, it's been face-to-face so far. Um, I'm, I'm working on building an online component because I, yeah. I think that's an important element. So I do, there is an online pitching, throwing element that um that will be available as well an eight-week program from there and that includes everything sort of um general body prep mobility weighted ball use band programs medicine ball programs and throwing program um so that's that's going to be on the website um really really soon in the next week or so yeah and then yeah the continuing with the face-to-face programs as well and and yeah then from there i will build out a, a hitting and a, a running component for online as well but yeah in the past it's all been face to face but yeah. hopefully you know word spreads and and yeah, we can help new south wales and australia and and beyond and so then there's, there's going to need to be an online element yeah. so you know we we talk about having you know kids training you know like the your average 12 year olds probably train a couple couple of days a week maybe um and playing the game on a weekend you know so is that something that sort of i don't know like under 12s i don't know two two sessions a week is that too much or not enough or no is I, it, think that, yeah. I think it's fine um because I think we always have to consider like what else are they doing yeah and you know again even and look i'm i'm big on warming up properly and i see warm-ups as a as an opportunity to get better and i would never encourage someone to just fall out of bed and get on the mound and try and throw 100 miles an hour yeah but on the flip side yeah what happens at school Kids walk out of the classroom at lunchtime to play brandings. Yeah. Or where, like they don't spend half an hour doing band work and doing a throwing program to then pick the tennis ball up and start um, pegging it at their mates. They just throw it. Yeah. Um, and little little kids are resilient. So like I think two times a week for the for the little leaguers under twelves or whatever is is plenty. Um, yeah. But I think what we should still be looking at is like 
what are they doing in those two times a week and um and what are they doing in the other five days so two times well, say four days with a game day you know if are they sitting playing video games for the other four days a week um or are they doing gymnastics and swimming and little athletics and soccer and whatever and they're physically they're developing from there um so you know, they're, they're they're young enough they can do stuff every day their body their body hasn't learned yet how to go max effort yeah that's why you see little kids can just run and run and run and run for hours and hours because they're not actually they're not actually efficient enough yet to to get to max effort so they that's they don't seem that tired because they're not yeah. Um, so yeah i think training baseball practicing the skills twice a week is plenty um but i think we should be coaching them and and keeping an eye on how are they throwing or swinging the bat or how much or whatever the case is and then then we're making adjustments or we're intervening or whatever it is but um yeah otherwise i don't i don't see an issue with it if if their body's prepared yeah i think you know you really touched on a key point there being prepared and you know obviously you no know, warm-ups you know you watch some kids that run a market training and you think, you know, what, <laughs> how, do you, how do you sort of put some structure in there? But obviously, you know, that that's probably, you know, that's the individual coach's issue, but obviously you know, that can then become your issue because they haven't warmed up properly. They end up, you know, in your clinic going, hey, Luke, can you fix me? Because, you know, I didn't warm up properly. I've, you know, torn something because I'm, you know, I'm not prepared. So obviously, you know, we, we talk about warm-ups and, um, you know, the, the key focus on warm-ups and, you know, how long should a warm-up take? I know, you know, when I was playing grade, you know, warm-ups were like, you know, probably, you know, run the centre field, have a stretch, go and grab your glove, have a throw, you know, and just get into, into you know, outfit work, ground work. Then, you know, then you'd hit the finish, you know, and that's just the way we did it. Yeah, and I think a lot of things have changed you know, from when we were playing. But you know, what what did you find or what do you see as a, a more beneficial way to be sort of warming up these days? Like look, I I see warm up as an opportunity to practice something you're not good at. Yeah. Um and especially as you get into the higher levels. And, and colleges and what and as we said the student athletes that have no time so instead of, I always tell the the players that I see um, you know, instead of me saying to you right well you need to go home and sit and do 20 minutes of foam rolling and half an hour of stretching every night um, on top of your homework and your all your other things let's do that as your warm-up so yeah. And if you're doing that two training sessions in one game a week, you're going to get heaps better at touching your toes or separating your, your hips and your shoulders or extending your thoracic spine or whatever it is. Um, so a warm-up should be trying to get you better at 
the things that you're not good at. Generally speaking, that's the mobility aspect of it early on, but it shouldn't take that long. Um, you in our in our sessions, we do a total body warm up of so move, like dynamic stretching and moving, um, which takes about five minutes. Yeah. Then then they'll do their band work for five minutes or so, not even ten, and then they'll do some weighted ball work for another five or so. So max twenty minutes to get all that done, and then start playing catch. Yeah. So yeah, a, a warm up shouldn't take that long if you do it with some purpose and uh, and a plan to fix the things that you're not very good at, and and then prepare for what you're going to do. And I guess the big thing is that like coaches don't plan to fail; they fail to plan. Like, and that's that's the whole thing. They've got to come in with purpose. They've got to come in with with a training session, with a plan on how it's going to run and actually have that so the kids are structured and they've also got a structured training program. Yeah, and, and you know, interestingly, though, on the flip side, not all kids respond to that. Yeah. As you said, some, some run around like lunatics with their hair on fire. That kid isn't going to respond to drill to drill to drill to drill to drill. So a great coach is going to adjust the session for that kid or that adult even to still get what they need done, but you, you've got to be able to communicate it in a different way. And, Modify it, yeah. You know, sometimes they're the sort of things where um, it's, yeah, they need less instruction and they need more external focus on things um to do from there like you might do a drill um like let's say you want to work on a guy's front leg stability as he's pitching yeah and instead of you're trying to slow him down and get him to stand in this position and then do this drill and his mind's racing and he's being a goose one way to do that is um if you have like a just a well if you put a base in front of him if you you know not one with a peg but just a flat base yeah and if he went step with right-handed thrower if he steps with his right foot and then left foot lands on the ground to throw as he hits the base with his right foot his brain is going to think that that's the ground and so it's going to prepare his left foot for the ground in about the same amount of time so it's going to brace it's going to turn it on because it thinks the ground is coming but then the ground doesn't come for that little bit split second longer, but it's ready. So then he hits the ground now, his leg is going to be more solid. So for a player that doesn't want a lot of instruction, you could get the same outcome by just telling him to step on the base before he throws. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's great coaching. And that's where, yeah, you've got to have a, a plan of what you want to achieve in a, in a training session, but you've got to know your players as yeah. well um yeah and how does that, how does that and how does that look for you obviously you know being an ex-player but also you know being a physio <laughs> you know i guess it, it sort of gives you that better insight into into the game itself and the understanding of it but also understanding what it takes to play baseball 
I guess, competitively number one, but also making sure you're also taking care of your body. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I watch sport so differently now to what I did when I was younger because I'm, I'm looking at, you know, what's a player doing and then the ball's gone and I'm still kind of watching to see what happens next. Um, you know, I, I, I experiment if I'm throwing or hitting or whatever, like, okay, well, what happens if I do this? Can I, because I want to know like those examples of all the different players who think differently and, and everything. I, if I can come up with, if I figured out a ton of different ways to say the same thing, I'm going to get the outcome I need. But yeah, look, I, I wish I still had time to, to play now because I'm in better shape than I was when I played and I, I think yeah. I would perform better than I did. Um, but yeah, you know, this is still, you still got to play the game. And, mm -hmm. and I think, you know, you listen, you listen to people talk at the big league level about, oh, you know, data's ruining the game and, and analytics are ruining the game and all that sort of thing. And it, it was always there. It was just that there was some super smart coaches or players that kind of intuitively figured it out. Yeah. Now, now that the machines can just confirm what your gut was telling you or deny it, and it's just it's just a different way of gambling um, to have extra information. But I I see analytics, and I you know I would see my role as as the physio or the performance coach as just helping the manager make more decisions. Yeah. Hey, look, this guy is showing these signs of fatigue. Um, a, it means he's more likely to get hurt, but B, it means he's probably not going to be as effective. Now, if you, if your, your job is the manager. So if you still decide that I don't care, 50% of this guy is better than hundred percent of the next guy. Cool. That's your job. But if I can offer you some further information to make that decision, then I think that's beneficial in the same way that a hitting coach would say to a player on deck, hey, um, you know, this, this, is what, this is what the info says is going to try and pound you in and then go soft away. Yeah. Well, now you're ready for it, so you've got a chance of succeeding. Yeah. And, and there's, there's elements of that on the physical side that we can – we can offer as well because not everyone does have great skill. So if they have physical tools that might help them improve their skill yeah. and build up. So, so Luke, I guess the other thing, well, the main thing is too, you know, how, how do people get in contact with you if they want to have a look at your programs and sort of see what you do and how you do things? Yep. So um, the website is rotationalpowerperformance.com. Um, I've got, the Instagram handle up there next to my name at the moment. So it's RP double underscore performance, or you can email info at rotationalpowerperformance.com. Um, Facebook and. Yep. There's a Facebook page as well. Um, yeah. So Facebook and Instagram are the two social media areas. There's the website and then email as well. So whatever's simplest to get in touch for people. Um, and then, you know, say so there's going to be um, 
some announcements via via all those platforms in the next week about um, planned courses and or planned training for term one school stuff um, and and leading into those state titles and, and national titles and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, feel free to reach out and, and I'll make sure everyone is on the list to get that info as soon as it's ready. Yeah, and, and I guess, you know, and the, the reason for this show, as I was saying last night, is all about bringing on different people, different backgrounds that are doing things in baseball. And, you know, Luke's another example of doing something else in baseball other than just, you know, throwing a ball. You know, they're looking at the analytics of things. They're looking at, you know, the recovery. They're looking at, you know, how to help athletes get better in the sport. And, you know, obviously having a look at what Luke does, check out his Facebook page. Um, there's some pretty interesting stuff on there. Um, yeah, the, the medicine ball slams, mate, they're, um, they're quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's been just a just a fun little challenge over the summer. See what, um, see if I can teach an old dog a few new tricks. And and a few of the young boys are joining me. We're doing thirty medicine ball slams every day for thirty days, and then we'll we'll retest our velocity and see where it's at. But um, yeah, it's it's a tool. And as I said, you know, we would we would figure out with the individual more specifically what they need from yeah. that so some some kids or some athletes might be really great technically at how they would do that but not particularly strong so they might be better served doing more time in the gym uh, to get stronger rather than practicing the skill of slamming the medicine ball yeah um, and that's that's what we we figure out with each individual even when we're training in groups there's always there's always elements of individuality to it but groups give us give us a team environment um, and we compete with each other and we push each other to get better and that's better for everybody so you have also so you had one-on-one and also group sessions yeah. yeah yeah that's good Righto, Luke. Well, um, look, thanks for your time tonight. Uh, it's been a great chat. Love hearing about, you know, new things in baseball. And, yeah. um, mate, if you've got – when your announcement comes up, let us know. I'm sure I'll, um, I'll give it a free plug on the, on the podcast. Appreciate it, Jeb. I really enjoyed uh, being on, mate. Love talking baseball. So thanks for reaching yeah. out. And, um, yeah, talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, mate. Thanks. And, um, yeah, Luke Wilson. Um, yeah, once again, you know, guy doing something different in baseball. Obviously, a physio um, seems to be a theme at the moment on this show, uh, physios. But um, yeah, look, doing some great things in in uh, baseball and also in the in the performance space. Um, look, that's all we have tonight. Obviously, I've got my maiden um, interview tonight on the Sports Digital Rewind podcast, which is at nine o'clock. I believe it's on YouTube. So. Um, anyone wants to hear the boys grill me for once, um, stay tuned for that. Also, we've got some announcements later on in the week for our guests um, Saturday and, oh, sorry, Sunday and also Tuesday. So, yeah, short one tonight. But, um, yeah, I hope that you can all either tune in tonight at 9 o'clock for the Sports Digital Rewind or we'll see you all again on Sunday.
<laughs> so well. Now it's ripped the left field. That ball in. The overhead of Anderson. 